Hello, this is a Kenya podcast preacher, and I want to welcome you back to Deep Waters. This podcast is brought to you by Applied Strengths Ministry, where we believe working together in our strengths is the effect of working out the will and calling of God in our lives. The title of this message is Governing Authorities, Kingdom and Earth. This is a multi-episode series in which this is episode three of six. So do we judge the world and all of its expected behaviors? Nope. It's not my job to point out the sin in an unbeliever or to hold them accountable for their evil deeds. My role is to bring the kingdom of God with me everywhere I go and demonstrate its power in word and deed. 1 Corinthians 5, 12, 13. For what have I to do with judging those who are also outside? Do you not judge those who are inside? But those who are outside, God judges. Therefore, put away from yourselves the evil person. Okay, we now drift into a 180 loop with a 360 loop. I have noticed that taxes and tithes are usually both fought by the same type of individual. Why is this so? I get that it may be a little difficult to pay taxes and then do it more than twice on a product you already paid taxes on and then pay taxes on your refunded taxes. And then when you sell the thing, you have to pay taxes on the item sold. No doubt we have paid taxes on items, double, maybe triple the price of what we originally paid for the item. This process can be a little taxing. But even so, we are instructed to do it because they are ministers of the natural world for our benefit. Jesus said to do it. Is he not your king? Pay your taxes. Now, if you are a believer, then why might tithing and offering also be a struggle? One pays the ministers of this world to manage the affairs of the devil for good. Now that's God, no doubt. But the other pays for the church ministry so that the gospel can be preached, disciples made ready for ministry, saints also equipped for the work of ministry, even for a building where we can congregate and have fellowship. Yes, even for a church address where healings and signs and wonders, miracles, and the prophetic word spoken, and the revelation of God's word taught. Yes, we pay rent to house the presence of God. Well, Ken, now that you put it that way. No, but wait, I didn't put it that way. King David did. Look at what he gave to build the church of God back in his day, and see if you can find any apprehension in his actions and deeds. And didn't the people of that day overwhelmingly respond? I'm using this message translation in this example so that you can understand the monetary contribution in today's language. 1 Chronicles 28, 11, 18, 29, 3, 5. Then David presented his son Solomon with the plans for the temple complex, porch, storerooms, meeting rooms, and the place for atoning sacrifice. He turned over the plans for everything that God's Spirit has brought to his mind, the design of the courtyards, the arrangement of rooms, and the closets for storing all the holy things. He gave him his plan for organizing the Levites and priests in their work of leading and ordering worship in the house of God, and for caring for the liturgical furnishings. He provided exact specifications for how much gold and silver was needed for each article used in the services of worship, the gold and the silver lampstands and lamps, the gold tables for consecrated bread, the silver tables, the gold forks, the bowls and the jars, and the incense altar. He gave him the plans for sculpting the cherubs with their wings outstretched over the chest of the covenant of God, the cherubim throne. Here are the blueprints for the whole project, as God gave me to understand it, David said. Chapter 29, 1-5.
Then King David addressed the congregation. My son Solomon was singled out and chosen by God to do this, but he is young and untested and the work is huge. This is not a place for people to meet each other, but a house for God to meet us. I've done my best to get everything together for building this house for my God. All the materials necessary, gold, silver, bronze, iron, lumber, precious and very colored stones, the building stones, vast stockpiles. Furthermore, because my heart is in this, in addition to and beyond what I have gathered, I am turning over my personal fortune of gold and silver for making this place of worship for my God. 3,000 talents, about 113 tons of gold, all from Ophir, the best, and 7,000 talents, which is 214 tons of silver, for covering the walls of the building and for the gold and silver work by craftsmen and artisans. And now, how about you? Who among you is ready and willing to join in the giving? Now, if that doesn't sound like a tithe and an offering, I don't know what does. Look at King David's response. And I know some of you heard it when I said it in the beginning. But listen to this. This is not a place for people to meet each other, but a house for God to meet us. Is that not the purpose of the church? This is not a place for people to meet each other, but a house for God to meet us. That's the purpose of the church, aside from equipping the saints for the work of ministry. We go there to meet God. It's not the other way around. And this is why we don't invite non-believers to church. All right, I've been on that soapbox before. I'll get on this other one. So where's our response? What is our response? No, I don't see a downside to tithing and offering except for the occasional abuses. But notice that if there is someone who commits tax crimes, it doesn't let you off the hook for paying your own taxes. So why on God's green earth would we give ourselves permission to hold back on God's cash because Judas was assigned to hold the cash box? Well, that was quite a wonderful ride through Romans 13, 1-6. I hope that you see that the message of authority as it relates to our ordered response to those living on this rock as ministers of the affairs of men outside of the church. And they may be completely unaware that they are doing God's bidding as they operate in their position. But that's okay. This is why we tithe and offer so that we can, in and through our submission to their authority, that we might win some. They get some of the taxes and we get some of the tithe and offering. It can work in harmony together even though oftentimes it doesn't. Did not Jesus create both the earth and his kingdom? Could he have just destroyed the devil rather than kick him out of heaven? Was he surprised that mankind, through sin, would hand over to Satan the authority we were given by God? You see, none of this is a surprise to Jesus. If someone legitimately had authority over you, then by all means, gladly listen to them and do what is expected of you. This is pleasing to God. So now let's take a look at what Peter says about our behavior and what it should look like in our lives. 1 Peter 2, 13, 17. Therefore submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king is supreme or to the governors, as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. Well, let's big chunk this right out the gate. We must ask DCOM to help us with what ordinance means so that we have the completest of understandings about what Peter is saying here. Ordinance. 
an authoritative rule or law, a decree or command, a public injunction or regulation, a city ordinance against excessive horn-blowing, something believed to have been ordained as by deity or destiny, ecclesiastical, an established rite or ceremony, a sacrament, the communion. So Peter is saying for us to follow the laws of the land. Without sounding religious, I want to express that we do so to the best of our ability. There may be times when it is not beneficial to another if you do so. In World War II, it was against the law to house or hide a Jew. Would you rat out their location for a loaf of bread to save your own skin? You see, sometimes we have to make choices, and they're not always easy. But we are talking about a life here, and we're talking about unjust laws. Some people did expose the Jews and turned them over for a loaf of bread to save their own skin. You know, because it was illegal, but others did not. There's a great movie called Schindler's List. If you haven't seen it, you should watch it. It's very encouraging. So I also want to share that it's not our role to hold each other to the laws of the land. Let the Holy Spirit do his work. In the meantime, you do your best to comply yourself. Verse 15, For this is the will of God, that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, as free yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bondservants of God. You pray that you want to do the will of God for your life, listening respectfully to those in authority, and obeying the ordinance of the land is his will. Did Jesus not pay taxes? Matthew 17, 24, 27. Mark 12, 13, 17. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. None of us Christians would take issues with the selection of scripture that states, love the brotherhood, fear God. But honor all people, honor the king, the president of the United States? Is he talking about those who are also unsaved? Yes. Now, if there are some who are obstinate towards you, then pray for them. You do not have to hang out with them or even unnecessarily engage them. Respect, honor, yes. Matthew 5:44. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use and persecute you. Well, that's it for today. Remember, it's not what you find wrong or disagree with regarding these messages, but what you can take away from them. Together, we can do more to impact the kingdom than if we work alone. Let's flip the script and kill, still, and destroy the works of the enemy and create space for the light of life to shine through into people's lives. Plant a seed and click on the like and subscribe button. Let's build this ministry together. Thanks and see you next time in deep waters.